In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that drove downtown to go to a stupid Frozen thing because he's got a three-year-old who loves Frozen, but then didn't give two shits about Anna or Elsa, so it's worthless. Sorry. Just you did that. Yeah, just me. I am your host, Detective Marcus Marks, and I'm joined by my partners in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Faye. What's going on, man? How are you? Eating snack packs, so apparently my new routine is to just tell people what I'm eating as we start the podcast, which is fun. Yeah, I mean, keep the people entertained and informed. We also have JLB, our RCMP from up north. What's going on, man? I'm pretty happy. I think this is the first time you've actually said partners and have included me into the convo. You heard that? I heard that. You 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 pluralized partners, and I was like. Oh, I'm officially a partner now. So I am happy, I am thrilled, and I am still in a curfew in Quebec. So I'm here, and uh, I'm ready to uh, start laying down some crimes since I am officially a partner. I, I figured it was worth doing it because it's been almost a year since you started coming on this show. Um, I, I certainly don't... my dues. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. We put up with you for a year, so might as well start getting There are some semantics to get around with uh, Canada and U.S. and corporate culture, and yeah, it's just weird, but we'll do it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So kind. But um, before we get into the show, I always like to remind people that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So whenever you're done listening to this episode, and of course, clicking that like button, clicking that share button, uh, head on over to tatnusco.com, check out the other shows on the network, and then just come back here to listen to the next episode. We do uh, this episode, we do a fantasy booking episode. Um, we're going to be getting back into the botchalongs here soon. Uh, so we have that, and who knows, maybe we'll start doing the uh, weekly episode reviews again sometime. Maybe. If I do Raw and SmackDown, I'm going to be, it's going to be very negative reviews. Well, mostly on Raw. Mostly on Raw. Say Raw this week. Holy smokes. What was that? <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into the crimes this week. Uh, because I think we, I hear some people have some opinions on Raw right now. So. Um, if anyone wants to start off, or do you want me to go first? You know, it's rare that our new partner goes first. I'd love to hear him go first. I'd love to give him firsties. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> that's the sound of someone who's unprepared. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Yet I'm still a partner. Look at me go. It shows that we don't have a union, or we do have a union in this podcast. Um, yeah, so I, well, I just remember Rob being really bad. The problem is, at this very state, I can't recall what exactly happened because it was so garbage. Well, the biggest thing that happened was right at the end. Whether that's important for uh, this particular conversation or not, but the end with between uh, Randy Orton and uh, oh, the Miss Bliss. Bliss. Yeah, that actually wasn't the garbage part, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a bit weird how they edited it, but I wasn't that, I wasn't referring to that. That was whatever, but, you know, what are they going to do? There was definitely something else. <laughs> oh, it crap. Could it have been anything with the uh, Charlotte Flair and... Um... Oh, okay, thank you. Yes, that's exactly it. So what the hell? So I guess it was all part of the storyline then? of Rick doing this or they just said you know what Rick messed up that time and then we're gonna do it again and they done did it again Rick intentionally for sure this time was cued to mess up Charlotte Flair and now we were was Charlotte was Rick Flair and Lacey already they were already a thing last week right or was yeah. it only that this happened uh they last week was when they did the 
um, accidental mess up, right? Right. And this week was with the actual full-on intentional mess up. Yeah. Uh, I I just don't know what they're building here. I guess they're building maybe Lacey versus Charlotte at Mania. Maybe I'm thinking too much into the future. Maybe this is for Rumble. Um, this is for Rumble. But then, like, I, I what does this do for anything though? This doesn't do anything. It's a very pointless way to bring Flair back in any way, shape, or form for something. Like, I get you maybe don't want to push her to the top right away, but give me a better storyline. I blame, I charge WWE for just once again not being creative, or Vince McMahon or the WWE writers for just not being creative at all in this scenario. Like, w- what story are you telling me here? Like, I would have maybe have preferred it if we saw a little bit more back and forth between them and that Lacey and Flair were going out and then Flair doesn't really like it. Like seeing a little bit more of that and then Flair ultimately choosing a side. But you kind of had to build more into that. And no, and then in order for me to really, I guess, somewhat get invested, but it's still pretty pointless because who gives a who gives a flying F-bomb because I will not swear. I will not make this podcast go R-rated. One you of you already did. I, I did not. I did no such thing. You cannot prove this in any way, shape, or form. Well, it, it fucking is now. So okay, There we go. Well done. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's pointless storytelling here. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, you, you've conned my dad and whatever. And I'm, I'm going to hate you. And then, yeah, I'm going to fight you at Rumble just because if I beat you, you have to leave my dad alone as a stipulation. I feel like they would do that. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it's pointless for these two women. But I don't even see them doing it at Rumble because then you need women for the Rumble itself, right? So I don't see them taking out Lacey and Flair out of the Rumble just to have that crappy match. Unless they do uh, double duty that night. But uh, You said duty. <laughs> um, I speculate that the storyline is booked to go out farther than Royal Rumble. That it will play into the women's Rumble. Lacey will be in there. Charlotte comes in. And Charlotte's so distracted or intent on taking Lacey out that it leads to her getting eliminated. Maybe with the help of Ric Flair at ringside. Things like that. Um, and that it's going to go on to, what is the next one, Elimination Chamber? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what like I Charlotte is, a, is a WrestleMania storyline. It might be. Might be going all the way to... Uh, please no, but that might be it. Um, just as an aside... Uh, uh, JLB has been on this show for more than a year. Um, we missed the chance to uh, really celebrate his first appearance, which was back in October, would have been the anniversary of that. Oh my God. Longer ago than I thought. However, it was only in January of last year that he started coming on often. Full time. Okay, um, so it's then it's my first full year. It's like, ah, but then again, in a job, if you're part-time, your anniversary still counts. It's not like, well, you weren't full-time for that entire year, so. You no weren't anniversary. even employed. You were job. just a temp. Listen, guys, it's, it's an example. You also get paid. <laughs> it's a voluntary job, okay? <laughs> Therefore, I still get my credentials as an anniversary. So screw you guys. My anniversary was in October. Shame on you back then, but thank you hey, for making partner. You need to later. talk to your local RCMP office because they're the ones who should get you your anniversary benefits, not us. Yeah, we Fair. we also mailed something out to you, a gift out to you. I'm sorry that your mail system is does not cooperate well with ours. Yeah, they both oh. suck. Between the Canada Post and the U.S. Postal Service, I I can believe I will definitely never get that gift. It's long so we're gone. gonna affect your crime a little bit here. I do, I do. Uh, I want to play devil's advocate. Not that I'm on the opposite side of this, because um, I'm on the same side as you here. But the one excuse I can give it this week versus last week is they were short-staffed this week because of the COVID outbreaks. So I kind of am gonna give it a little bit of a break. Um, other than that, it still doesn't excuse the storyline being crap. 
The unfortunate yeah. part to the storyline is it started before there was a COVID outbreak, so they can't use it as an excuse. Like, oh, we, we had to. Yeah, yeah, but you can't even use Drew McIntyre not being there as an excuse either. I feel like this still would have been done. Sure, they were short-staffed, but Drew being there or not still wouldn't have made a difference with this being a thing. I don't think you could give them that. I, I think Drew was the only one they specifically mentioned had tested positive, but it's pretty obvious from this episode that they were filling in for a, a more than just Drew because almost everyone pulled double duty this week. But did you notice that Seamus was there? And him and Drew hang out a lot. I don't know, and, and this is not my crime because I'm not going to wallow in Raw all night, but I don't know also what they were doing with... I, I guess I didn't understand Keith Lee and Seamus. I'm against you. I'm for you. I'm against you. I'm for you. All on the same show. Like, I think that was probably the biggest indicator of the filler times. Maybe. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't get that either. Well, maybe. It, the biggest indicator of the filler was them calling Triple H out and strut, strutting him out and actually wrestling. You know uh-huh. what else they could have done with filler time? I don't know. There was a Matt Riddle versus Bobby Lashley match that was four freaking seconds. And I'm not a Matt Riddle fan, but, you know, you didn't have to have a short match there. Yeah, no, that's very valid. And, bro, like, what are you doing squashing Matt Riddle? Bro. Like, yeah. we're going to we're gonna saddle Lashley with crap storylines so that nobody really wants to get behind his push. But then we're going to bring up this guy who, oh, my gosh, Vince is all about him. And have him get squashed by Lashley. <laughs> well, and here's the deal. Which way actually would build Lashley up as a more dominant champion? Having him squash Matt Riddle or having Matt Riddle go toe-to-toe to him in a 10-minute-long banger of a match that he then wins? Because I think that would make uh, Lashley look even better, right? Well, it would show his ability to overcome a unique style he's never faced before. Um, that but also, because he was in MMA, but yeah, but I mean, even if he 10 minute match and he wins, because you were mentioning Riddle winning 10 minute match and he wins, he can overcome that certain style and so on and so forth. But it also wouldn't have made Matt Riddle look bad either because both men went toe to toe. I don't know why Vince constantly likes just squashing people to prove. And say, hey guys, look, I, I really want you to realize that I want this guy to be my top guy. Like, haven't you realized by now when you do do that? We I don't think appreciate I it? think Vince McMahon has a thought process in his brain that says people who that NXT is the B squad, and we need to make sure to show that every time we bring someone up from NXT, that no matter how big they were in NXT, now they're wrestling with the big dog, the A team. They need to lose because he does it with all of them. They're going to get their push. Yeah, eventually they'll get their push. But first they have to lose because, you know, we have to show that this is the big team. This is the the big leagues compared to the little leagues they were in. I mean, it's the reason Shayna Baszler lost right off the bat. Yeah, probably the reason that most of Retribution are losing, um, even though T-Bag did get a win this week. If they're going to do that, the people they should have done that with were Ronda and Brock and Goldberg. Like, dude, you're retired. You're old. Like, you should be losing more often. And who did T-Bar beat this week? Um, do, 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 do. I just scrolled past it because I was trying to remember. Uh, uh, Xavier Woods. And there goes another pointless thing. Like, Xavier right now has nobody, right? Because Kofi, I think, is injured. Big e jaw is, huh? Jaw injury. Right, well, injured, but it's still injured. Yeah, no, I was agreeing. <laughs> I was just saying, oh, okay. jaw injury. Like, what's the point of squashing Xavier, though? Like, he's nobody this... without partners. I guess, what? but it doesn't okay. prove anything. I really am okay with these two, and I mentioned it with the Iconics. I like the idea of a tag team that only works as a tag team. However, what that does in this particular instance, because Kofi is a former world champion or WWE champion, um, means that you are just burying Xavier Woods. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the concept of a tag team that only works as a tag team. Like, nearly unbeatable as a tag team is suck as singles competitors. I love that concept. But you don't have to dominate them is my thing. 
You yeah. can see him lose. I don't mind if he loses because hey, he doesn't really do singles competition. He doesn't really do single competition a lot. Okay, so he ends up losing. I'm fine with that. I I don't mind him telling that story either. The but problem with happens. doing it with Xavier Woods is this: uh, you've already told the story that Kofi Kingston can leave the New Day and be a singles competitor and be successful. Not leave, but you know, go off and do it by himself. We're telling the story right now in, in on SmackDown that Big E can leave the New Day and be successful as a singles competitor. If you don't also tell that story with Xavier Woods, you're burying Xavier Woods by basically saying that uh, Kofi and Big E were the only reason that he had any success because they both are good as singles stars. And he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas if you do it with someone like the Iconics, who do not have singles careers right now, for whatever reason, they break them up and then they're like, oh, we don't know what the fuck to do with them, so we'll put them in tag teams with other people. God, I'd really like to see those girls compete on their own. Okay, now what? Put them no, in a tag. I'll put them with someone else. I don't want to see them compete on their own. Didn't you just forget what I just said? <laughs> Try to tell me what I just fucking said? I want one of them to be with the Riot Squad and her listen to some Blink-182 now. I don't know. They have a chance with Billy Kay to tell an interesting story. Um, it's it's Unfortunately, it's a story they've done before, but it could at least be interesting with her. That's the story of someone trying to fit in. Um, a la Mizdow. Right. Uh, something like that. You know, someone who keeps changing their persona so that they can try to fit in with someone else. Uh, but it's at least something. Peyton Royce is really getting the short in because they're like, let's separate you from your tag team and then we're just going to stick you with a different tag team. Uh, but no real storyline behind it. Just here, and now you're with another girl. Oh, and by the way, we're going to give her a storyline and you're just going to kind of be sitting on the sidelines watching it be creepy. You're going to be the background <laughs> character in this movie. This, my dear, is what they call voyeurism. Oh my gosh. But no, I mean, I agree. Here's the deal. We said it when they first brought Ric Flair back and we're hinting this storyline. We're like, no, we do not want to see Ric Flair involved in this storyline. It doesn't help the storyline anyway. Like, Lacey Evans is a talented wrestler. Charlotte Flair is a very talented wrestler. Let them be wrestlers, right? The storyline doesn't doesn't help anyone. And it, in my opinion, just hurts Ric Flair. Right. I mean, hopefully not literally hurts Ric Flair, but that's always a chance whenever you put him in the ring right now. Yeah, that definitely. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they think they're doing. Again, I, I, I'll give Raw a mild pass this week because of the COVID outbreak. Um, so we only know Drew, though, right? We don't know anyone that's, else? That's, it's the only one we have evidence of because yeah. they told that's the only. I mean, it's important to note Drew McIntyre is the first time in this entire COVID thing that WWE has admitted that anyone had COVID. That's an important note there. There have been other people who've had COVID that we found out through insider reporting and dirt sheets and yada, yada, yada. This was the first time that they specifically said, this person has COVID and that's why they can't appear. So um, whether that's, uh, indicative of a change overall in the company or not, I kind of doubt. I think they probably felt like they had to explain why uh, Drew wasn't there for the next two weeks and hope that he's cleared in time for Royal Rumble so that he can still keep that match. Um, but but in the end, I think they, they were just kind of caught in a rock and a hard place for this. But yeah, I mean, they, they had Drew Gulak come out and wrestle a match, which, don't get me wrong, I always love to watch Drew Gulak, and having him versus uh, AJ Styles was entertaining, but th- the tough thing is, they get into this situation where they're like, oh crap, we've got one or more stars out, um, how do we fill the time? Let's double book some people, let's do all this stuff, and their answer never is, hey, let's give some matches more time, right? That's legit. You know, that's that's the answer that it should be is, oh, our show's running short because wrestlers X, Y, and Z are gone. What should we do? Well, let's take this match and add two minutes to it. Let's take this match and, and add four minutes to it um, and make some really good matches out of things. Which here's the real question. 
is that an indicator of, of WWE's writing capability? Is it an indicator of the wrestler's ability to improv? Um, you know, I mean, if we're adding two minutes of rest holds, I'm out. I, I think the majority of WWE wrestlers are talented enough to add another minute or so to their match without it becoming boring. And um, if they need lessons in adding a few minutes to a promo, they can just they can just go back and look at uh, um, oh crap, Ultimate Warrior. Yep, <laughs> he got twenty minutes out of a promo. <laughs> well, the simple fact is, we joke about Ultimate Warrior, but you could go back and watch any of the Ultimate Warrior or uh, Macho Man's promos um, and realize that they were both masters of saying a whole lot of nothing. Um, Macho Man, a, some of my favorite promos ever delivered, but like the Cream Rises to the Top promo, there's like 10 seconds of actual promo and like a minute and a half of just filler. That oh, doesn't... yeah, cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cream, yeah, rises to the top, man. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, look at this. It's like the cream and the coffee. Mm, yeah. <laughs> There's I a whole... out of my fucking mind. Yeah. There's a whole lot of ways they could have added to, to promos and stretch them out. But like, here's a perfect example of, of something on Raw that obviously, in my opinion was filling time because uh, either some people were out sick or unavailable or whatever, I don't know. But they had Jeff Hardy versus Jackson Riker. And then immediately after that, they had Jeff Hardy challenge uh, I'm Elias. I'm sure that that's not how that was written. Um, it it may have been written, but it, it felt too much like filler. Like more specifically, it felt like this should have been two week storyline where first he beats Jackson Riker and then the next oh, week the next week he comes out and he says well now I want you Elias and Elias is like no I'm still injured and he's like I beat your boy yesterday you know or whatever or well oh. they definitely did that with Matt Riddle and uh yeah. and Lashley they did Matt Riddle and Lashley then Matt Riddle and MVP yeah and like okay that yeah, was made him write the same story twice by the way yeah. <laughs> Control C, Control V. We got it fixed, boss. Well, how'd you do it? What'd well, you do? remember how we fixed the other one? We just did the same thing for this one. Fucking brilliant. That's some good S word. But but that's the deal. Is it's like they could have taken this. I don't know how long it was, but I'm gonna say 30 second match. It was longer than that. But 30 second match, Jeff Hardy versus Elias, and stretched it out into a two and a half minute long match or a four minute long match. You know and filled that time a lot more efficiently that way. And uh, I'm I'm not saying Jackson Riker is a phenomenal talent or whatever, but Jeff Hardy's been around long enough that he could turn a 30-second match into a three-minute match without adding a bunch of rest holds to it, you know? Right. I mean, they easily could tell the story that Jackson Riker can't even catch Jeff Hardy because he's too quick and nimble, um, even though I said this to my wife during Raw, Jeff Hardy looks so slow now. It's sad to me. He is not. And and like Matt Hardy obviously went to work at some point and said, listen, I cannot always be the old Matt Hardy. So let's figure out how I can continue to wrestle um, now. And he slowed his wrestling matches down and he got more technical and he and he got more, you know, less extreme. And and it's working for him. And Jeff hasn't done any of that stuff. He's like, I'm going to still do the same stuff I did. But anytime he tries to hit a whisper in the wind or any of that stuff, I just watch it and I'm just like, oh, God, it's so slow. Like, can we get Dominic Mysterio out here? Because I think it would speed it up a bit. <laughs> That's harsh. Damn. Anyways. But yeah, no, they did that. And Raw and Order WBU, it will take you directly to Detective Marks Marks. At me. Come on. Uh, but that's it. But like, it's just just for the same thing. The Matt Riddle versus Bobby Lashley. Instead of a 30-second long match, they could have made it a three-minute long match. Or a 10-minute long match. Those are both talented enough wrestlers that they could do it. Although... In fairness, Bobby Lashley was sweating like he had wrestled a 20-minute long match after the 30 seconds, so... 
I think he just baby oiled too much and then uh, spritzed water too much. Maybe. Or maybe he's just a sweater. No. No, he's a wrestler. A sweater is usually knit and you wear it on your top half. Ah, touche, touche. Maybe I need to make a t-shirt that just says, maybe he's just a sweater. <laughs> Bobby Lashley as a sweater. I don't think they have the Dominate logo um, uh, trademarked. So, I mean, I, I, that, if you did decide to do that, I'd probably <laughs> use that Dominate logo. Uh, it would be really funny to just do the Dominate logo, but just add a bunch of sweat onto it. Or hair. <laughs> just sweat. Just dripping, like, puddles of sweat coming out of it. Anyways, I'm obsessing over that, and we will move on. I just think that that's a perfect match they could have stressed out a bit. If they needed to still do the MVP match afterwards, make it a little bit longer, and then you don't have to do all this filler. But that's yeah. all they really did. And then, of course, you know, they called old man Trips up and said, hey, we need you to actually wrestle a match. Which, I mean, I was kind of, like, excited for. Oh, that's another thing. Just a little side charge here before anything. Triple H is freaking promo. Like, I get it. You haven't been in the ring in five years or whatever. But, bro, your promo is like you haven't talked in, like, ten years or something. It was just so cringeworthy. Wasn't a fan of Triple H. I have much time to rehearse again. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that it's there. Yeah, but I feel like he could even wing it better than that. Like, it just felt really bad. <laughs> like, Well, the problem is, it's not just that he was winging it. It's that he was winging it into a feud that didn't really have room for him. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what it get. Hey, let's shoehorn myself somewhere into this. At what point in any of this do we expect for Triple H to have any sort of relationship with Drew McIntyre? Yeah, Drew McIntyre spent time down in NXT, but that's about the only real connection they have. Or Bray Wyatt. Or Bray Wyatt, yeah. I mean, it's not like either of them were former members of Evolution that that uh, Randy Orton screwed over or whatever. No, they're, they're all total outsiders to every connection to both of those people, right? They're, there's not a six degrees of separation that really links those people together well well i mean at the same time though you didn't have to necessarily link yourself with drew or a thing you could have just you know talked about evolution and how you know you were respectful then and now you're just a little uh snobby little bitch or something you know what i mean you used to i taught you to respect your people you were part of the evolution well i'm doing this for flair and da 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 and so on. You could have done something like that. And I think he kind of mentioned a little bit of stuff on his promo in regards to that. But it just felt so like he wasn't like, I don't know. It just felt really weak. It didn't come off well at all. Fun little crossover. How great would it have been if he would come out and been like, Flair, you're married, man. She's married. You got to stop. Would have been better than what we're getting. It's <laughs> <laughs> a valid point. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to crime number two. Um, you want it or I'll, I, I got one. Uh, we'll go ahead and let you do it. That's fine. Um, I'm going to go with... We, we, so I'm going to go with the other WWE show, which really, in one particular storyline, they wrapped up the six of one, half dozen of the other uh, philosophy. And I say that because last week on the crimes, I, I went after Adam Pierce. Um, I, I, I believe I called it his John Laurinaitis moment. Of course, they, they put a kibosh to it, and it felt like they were planning to put a kibosh to it. Um, is Royal Rumble, it's two Sundays from now, correct? Not this coming Sunday. Yeah, yeah 31st. First. Yeah. It's, it's the non-football Sunday this month. So mm-hmm. um, my issue, I guess... Not issue. My my crime stands in um, consistency. Do it all the time. You just wrote this incredible long term storyline with Roman. Um, he told Adam Pierce to get out of his chair for the the contract signing, and and uh, he's the head of the table. And you know there was loopholes in the contracts and all that stuff. Um, number one, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't know why I need a contract signing. 
<laughs> right. I don't watch that in any other sport. It's not like the Chiefs had to sign a contract for next week's game against the Bills. Well, That's- and even more than that, they're so inconsistent on what matches need contract signings. Why Why do we not have contract signings for the Royal Rumble? It's a match. Why? Well, that's like, why does one guy have to wrestle his way into the Royal Rumble and nobody else does? Exactly. Which actually, he kind of made a joke about that on the show, which was kind of cool. So anyway, um, good job, Drew Gulak. Um, I, I, there's, there's glimpses, there's serious glimpses of hope on SmackDown for an exceptional television product. Um, consistently exceptional television product not exceptional and wow it was way better than any other show um in this 15 minute segment um because there are frequently times where the best segment of the week is is smackdown uh in 15 minutes um uh, wwe only puts out segments that are the best segments of the week they never ever put out a best show of the week um nxt and aew consistently are the two that do that uh and so my my concern, I guess, is Roman is the big dog. He he really is where it's at on SmackDown. And uh, after seven years of trying, you've got fans behind a, a Roman Reigns storyline. I, I really don't. I have heard very little on the pod on other podcasts. I've heard very little in the dirt sheets of anybody who's not down with this storyline. Um, and uh, and you're booking really long term. Yet last week. You made it so Adam Pierce was the number one contender, and it took you seven days to pull that out, pull that away, and and put it on on Kevin Owens. What the fuck was the purpose in it then? Yes, I agree with the, this whole logic here. Short term booked a, a, an angle inside your very well long term booked storyline, and it makes you go, huh? <laughs> I mean, here's the deal. We talked about it. Last week, I think, on uh, either WBU or FBI, or maybe we talked about it beforehand. I can't remember. That we um, thought he was going to be the one who did the match. Yeah. The, the simple fact is, I think all of us agreed that he was going to somehow or another get out of the match. And probably in basically the same way he ended up doing it. Hey, I have backstage authority. Uh, I'm not cleared to wrestle, so I'm going to put someone else in it. To me... It makes way more sense to have him do the contract signing, get out of the ring, do the little limp a couple times, go, oh, my knee's hurting. It's a good thing there's a clause in here that I can choose a replacement if I'm not cleared to wrestle, and then leave, right? It was a good way out of it, I guess, but at the same time, just like, what? Why? But, then, but this is, it was this is just this is just setting the scene, or even not even mention it, just have him, as he walks up, do the subtle knee thing, limp, and then walk the rest way off, and maybe someone on commentary says, "Oh, did you see that?" Um, that's it, right? And then next week you can do another something with it, and draw it out so that it's at the Royal Rumble, or at the very least the Friday before the Royal Rumble, yeah. where the change is announced. Um, it makes to me, I agree, no sense to announce it this early. Yeah, I mean, you had you had two more weeks you could have done this. You could have had Roman preparing for a last man standing match. You could have had, you know, all of that. All of that could have happened. Yep. And yeah, still- and it was just so half-assed with the trip. You know what I mean? Oh, now I'm hurt, so I'm not medically cured. So here's my replacement. Like, what? That, that's not how it works. A doctor has to not medically clear you, technically. Well, it, I mean, was- technically speaking... The doctor is the one who says you're not medically cleared, but it's the backstage people who say, well, if the doctor says you're not medically cleared to wrestle, it looks like I'm replacing you. So if ever you were going to give chicken shit heel roll to an authority figure at the last minute, this is perfect for it. Listen, doc, you're fired if I'm not, if I get cleared, you know, you can, that, that can bring together your backstage cameras all that silly little shit that sucked, you could have pulled together with this one storyline. And oh my God, you just put together a great television show. For it, it turns around eight months worth of poor booking. It makes Ali important on SmackDown. And he's not even on SmackDown, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's little nuances about remembering what you did before with five, two five minute segments could have wrapped a bow around 
the crappy parts of SmackDown and made them look like the good parts of SmackDown. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you don't do the backstage camera or whatever. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. But a week is not long enough to build that story. And that's why I think they didn't really know what they were doing. Maybe they didn't know KO was going to be able to make it for some odd reason. Maybe there was something with that. Um, you know, because it just didn't make any sense for them to do it at all then if we did it so early if honestly it would have been fine if again they did it at the rumble maybe you know what i can't wrestle i think the rumble itself would have maybe had a little bit more impact though the other thing you could have done is you could have had like literally you could have had apollo uh, apollo attack adam pierce and jay attack adam pierce and roma beats the crap out of both of them for it you don't understand the contract. Did you remember what he said last week? The contract says if he gets injured, that he gets sole right to, t- to choose his replacement, which I think would have worked. I don't know, because usually we don't know about these hidden hidden things in the contract, right? That's kind because of the whole point that WWE does. That's because it's not fucking real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's literally no words on that contract. It's lorem ipsum delorum, you know, all that stuff. Um, (laughs) And then sign here, sign here, contract. But he could say, if I'm injured, I get to choose. He could have gotten up and been like, well, if I'm injured, I get to choose my replacement. Eh, They've also just done it so many times, too, that it's just kind of like, can you guys think something more original? Like, I mean, his argument is not necessarily that he gets to choose a replacement, but that if he can't compete, a backstage official gets to choose a replacement. And, oh, I happen to be a backstage official, so I'll choose the replacement. Um, but standard contract stuff, you know, because that's what wrestling fans love to learn about is like legal concepts and contracts. <laughs> that's what we turn so, into. I just WWE think it's Monday Night Raw. I mean, well, you could really uh, had Adam, you could have really had Adam Pierce become chicken shit heel here, long term chicken shit heel. You could have had him come out and interfere in a couple Jey Uso matches. You could have had him come out and interfere in a couple uh, Apollo matches. Like he's almost trying to tear apart the family. Is Apollo officially part of the family? No, but he probably will be soon. Apollo is still officially a face, but they did so much hinting of him, like him backstage with Roman Reigns this week, that well, it's it, pretty it, clear. He in a dirty manner or attacked in a dirty manner. It's pretty clear that's where they're going. Good, I think he can do it. It's definitely better than anything he's doing right now, so. Yeah, it's definitely a better storyline than Smiley Black Guy. <laughs> yep, pretty much. So, anyway, I just, that was my, my big why why did you even do last week just have kevin owens win the number one contender spot yeah well that's why i i think the better storyline in the end would have been just for this to be put off tell my idea is royal rumble because i think it's such it's such a big thing for him to come out right before the match and roman reigns is about ready to kick some ass and he goes, oh, by the way, yeah, I just wasn't cleared to wrestle. So as per the contract, the backstage official gets to choose the replacement. And backstage official is me. So here's who you actually get to wrestle. And then that's a big moment. That's that's something fun. That's pay-per-view worthy. Doing it three weeks earlier is like, man. It's the same writers, right? Who are on Raw? Who do SmackDown? I don't even no, I think they're different. know. Uh, it's the same Vince. Yes, for sure. Rip, Jesus, we don't need another Vince. <laughs> uh, would be his youngest son, Hornswoggle. <laughs> Fair enough. Bad storylines. Uh, Kennedy, Hornswoggle. No, it's his unknown son, Don Jr. Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> oh, from you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to fill people in, I stumbled across a TikTok uh, today, I think, that cracked me up. And it was just someone who says, what's something that uh, you believe to be true, regardless of the fact whether you have absolutely no evidence uh, whatsoever? I'll go first. I don't think Donald Trump Jr. is actually Donald Trump's son. And he goes, look at this. Here's the entire Trump family. Blonde, 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 light brown hair, blonde, blonde. Then Don Jr., black hair. Doesn't fit in there. Doesn't even look like Trump. But what does he look like? Well, 
Remember, Donald Trump years ago was really good friends with Vince McMahon. And then it put a picture up of Vince McMahon in his younger days, right next to Don Jr. And they do look a lot alike. <laughs> he kind of is the uh, stepchild of the- Kind of is a carny, so might as well be a wrestling promoter. Anyway, but three crimes prosecute tonight. Yes. The third crime is me uh, doing like I normally do and talking something positive. Uh, before the show, we talked a little bit about uh, the Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill special event, pay-per-view if you want, uh, that happened this weekend. And I just wanted to talk about how I thought overall it was a very, very good pay-per-view. It was very entertaining. Um, it sh- hopefully exposed a lot of people to Impact Wrestling, people that didn't normally watch it because they're AEW fans. Uh, but tuned in because, well, uh, AEW world champion Kenny Omega is going to be on it. So let's see what this is all about. Uh, it was not without some polarization. Um, a lot of people were less than impressed with the Ethan Page versus Karate Man, including Ethan Page himself. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought the show was a very good exhibition of what Impact Wrestling can bring to the table. Um, and hopefully it brought a little bit more spotlight to Impact Wrestling overall. So that's my crime. Crime of being underrated and hopefully being overexposed. Um, I, uh, you know, the whole Ethan Page thing, man, I already told you. Uh, I think Karate Man's going to be back. It's going to be interesting to see. They, uh, Ethan Page released a promo of sorts today uh, that was him in the afterlife and so obviously he's telling a storyline of being dead as the events of the pay-per-view had him um so it's going to be interesting whether that storyline has him being resurrected in another promotion maybe one that starts with an a perchance um but it would could play in really well if karate man continued to wrestle in impact that could be kind of fun in the end the karate man match was entertaining in the absolutely bonkers way the same way some stuff like the firefly funhouse match or even in a similar way to like the uh total non-stop deletion matches um and the fact that it wasn't a wrestling match really it was craziness but it was a lot of fun to watch but on top of that the rest of the pay-per-view diana perrazzo versus taya valkyrie was a ton of fun uh sammy callahan versus eddie edwards and a barbed wire match was fun uh the main event was a spot fest and a half uh featuring kenny omega and the good brothers versus rich swan chris saban and moose and moose being someone who had to step in at the last minute uh, filled it out really well so it was if you haven't watched it and you have a chance to i just highly recommend watching it uh there's still plenty of fast forward through spots but every wrestling pay-per-view has those when you watch it on repeat but it also featured the impact wrestling new commentary team of d'lo brown and matt striker so if you're an old wrestling fan some familiar voices on commentary and a couple and one familiar neck. Yes. <laughs> we, we mentioned they they must use some extra adhesive on that headset for him because, you know, otherwise the headset's flopping off. His. Or maybe he just doesn't talk as much. Oh, he talks plenty. Maybe yeah. they just didn't bother putting a headset on him. Maybe they just said, you know what? He doesn't need to hear the backstage. He actually was didn't have a headset uh, during the hardcore match for quite a bit. So He did not. Yeah, it got unplugged. <laughs> so may- maybe they blamed it on the hardcore match, but in reality, it's because his head was bopping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. That's what we don't hear goes on in the headset the entire night. Is D-Lo, no, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> no, no more wiggling. Stop it. No, for Christ's sake, D-Lo, stop it. <laughs> but no, it was a fun night. And so that my crime is them being underrated overall. Like, don't get me wrong. I get it. They're not WWE, so they're not the big dog. They're not AEW, um, which is abundantly clear in the fact that every week AEW takes out an advertisement on Impact and drags them through the mud. Right. (laughs) But I just, like, there's part of me that still hopes that the whole storyline is going to end up with Tony Khan buying Impact Wrestling 
and just operating it as like training grounds. Now, sign a wrestler to Impact, and then when they start to get good, I'm gonna bring them over to AEW. Oh, you mean what Vince does to NXT? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it works. I mean, just look what it did for Matt Riddle this week. I feel like we already had this conversation. <laughs> call, call it um, NIW, New Impact Wrestling. <laughs> Anyways, but so that that's my crime. Uh, hardly a crime, really, but um, you could argue that it's a crime to have Kenny Omega and the Impact World Champion at the end of the match, um, but he did beat the absolute tar out of them. Uh throughout the match so it, was, it wasn't like an out of nowhere pin it was he was basically outnumbered pin and Kenny Omega did hit the one winged angel on him and no one kicks out of that yet I was getting ready for someone for uh, Rich to actually kick out of it I was like are they gonna make an impact wrestler kick out of it that at least would have maybe given impact some more credibility I guess if you will I- I still, I think they're playing the long game with this. Uh, Kenny Omega wins on Impact. Impact stars come over onto AEW in the coming weeks, leading up to their February pay-per-view revolution that um, also fills in the gap because Impact doesn't have another pay-per-view till like April now. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, AEW revolution features more inter-promotional matches where they get some of their wins back at that point. Um, I think they're going to tell a tale back and forth with some 50-50 booking on it, but it's a longer storyline than just one pay-per-view. Yeah, I imagine so, for sure. But but we will go ahead and move on to misdemeanors. And for my misdemeanor, it goes out to WWE for putting out one of the funniest promos I've seen in a long time. Uh, it, it's their announcement of WrestleMania over the next three years. The WrestleMania report. This thing, I, I've had to watch like three times because it absolutely cracks me up. Um, they had, it's it, it set up like uh, a um, newscast mm. with uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon um, as the newscasters, uh, but not as themselves. Like, oh, okay. Um, Stephanie McMahon is uh anita real man <laughs> okay and oh what was triple h's uh um triple h was like hugh god what was it i gotta look it up here um oh uh henry panky or hank e panky and anita real man they had um <laughs> sasha banks as uh the weather reporter and i can't even remember what um, they had her named in it. Um, then they sent it out to their um, entertainment reporter um, that was Hugh Can't See Me. <laughs> I like that. Um, of course, played by uh, John Cena himself, um, playing off of it. I'm, I can't remember what Sasha Banks's name was on Sounds it. So much like their uh, their. Um, oh, Cena did this. Uh, th- ah, crap, I can't remember what it is. When they had Southpaw. Southpaw, Southpaw Regional, that's what I think. Yeah, it, it, in a way, it was like that, although more modern. Uh, you know, it wasn't, like, clear back in the day. But, like, Triple H had a bad wig on, and then they did, like, a play on that playful banter that you see between uh, newscasters um that's like a little bit of sexual tension but they put it overboard because of course it's stephanie mcmahon and triple h who are married um i'm trying to remember what tasha banks's name was you'd think i would have written this down because you know i was going to talk about it but i didn't think you would but you would have thought it, it's just i mean like they even had uh roman reigns and and paul Heyman show up on it but they didn't play parts they were just themselves <laughs> well he is the head of the table after all i mean come on no <laughs> i love it if roman had something he's ah, so hungry <laughs> your phone is so messed up <laughs> yeah we couldn't hear that joke hardly at all because your phone <laughs> i said i would love it if roman would come out and say ah 
I'm just so hungry. Yeah. And being at the head of the table and all. Mm. Ah, I like that one. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon changed her Twitter name to Anita Real Man. <laughs> nice. It's just, it was, it was a fun, fun little announcement video. If you haven't watched it yet, go to the WWE's YouTube channel and watch it. Um, but they announced their WrestleMania. This year, of course, is going to be a two-night event, just like last year's was because of the Rona. Uh, two nights in Tampa, which is yeah you know, where they're already at for the Thunderdome now. So no change of venue at all there. Uh, but then next year, it's going to be in Las Vegas and the following year in L.A., uh, assuming, you know, Corona goes away, which if it doesn't, we got bigger problems to worry about than WrestleMania. For sure. But, but it, it was just, it was a fun, like, it was something that is unexpected from WWE right now because they've cultured this whole, like, uber professional image over the past few years that for them to come out with something so tongue-in-cheek and and campy was was really refreshing, to, if you ask me. That's my misdemeanor to them for it being pretty fun. You guys got anything? Um, trying to... No, I mean... No, I honestly, I'm drawing a blank. Um, aside, uh, well, I'd like to give kudos. Um, oh, we're on misdemeanors. So no, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'll follow the rules. For once, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, my my crime goes out to uh, Lana. That's it. Just okay. There. <laughs> so we will move on to commendations. Um, commendations that I have basically are, I mean, most of the Impact Wrestling crew for pulling off that pay-per-view, but I've already talked about that. Moose in particular, though, for being the last-minute replacement in that match. He did a lot of the heavy lifting and really worked well in that match. So, um, I think if you haven't been an Impact Wrestling fan, you might not know who Moose is, but he's a name that I think more people should know. Uh, yeah. Because he, he's definitely an up-and-comer if you can call him that. I mean, he's not, like, new. Uh, but I also want to throw out some stuff to some AEW. That Darby Allen versus Brian Cage match on Impact or on Dynamite last week, so good. Um, it was really well done. So many different callbacks. Of course, the biggest one was Darby Allen won with a crucifix bomb onto uh, Brian Cage, which actually is a callback to the first time Taz tried to recruit Darby Allen was Darby tried to do the crucifix bomb on, I think it was Cody, and Cody was able to uh, get out of it and then win the match. And uh, Taz came out and tried to recruit Darby Allen by saying, you know, I could teach you how to do that crucifix bomb better, uh, and then you'd win next time. And so to have him beat Brian Cage with the crucifix bomb was really well done. Oh, um, snap. Didn't even realize that. Nice. The NWA Women's Championship match, Serena Deeb versus Tay Conti, was a ton of fun. Um, it's it's a lot of fun to hear Jurassic Express come out to not just the Jurassic Express theme, but to Jungle Boy's new solo theme, which, if you weren't aware, is a song from my childhood uh, called Tarzan Boy. Um it was really popular in commercials when I was young, but it was. Yeah, that was a good one. And and the fact that Tony Khan licensed that just for Jungle Boy just cracks me up. I still love that. Um, but in the end, uh, there were a lot of fun things with it. Of course, the big one was um, Kenny Omega uh, versus um, well Kenny Omega and two partners who it was pitched as if it was going to be the Young Bucks uh, versus um, who was it? Uh, <laughs> uh, the Blondes there. I don't know. I forgot what they were called. I always forget their name. But it was like Pillman Jr. and the other one. No? No. Um, now I gotta find it again because I, I totally scrolled away from it and then... Um, I mean, it was supposed to be the Young Bucks at, or at least we thought it was gonna be but it ended up being... Yeah, you're right. It was uh, uh, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman, and Danny Limelight. That's right. You were right. See, um, this is you made me partner. Uh, but in the end, it was the Good Brothers who came out, which I don't. I'm 
I'm not sure what story they're telling on it. Uh, but that's part of why I like it, you know? Is so often in storylines in wrestling, they've become so rehashed that we can see where they're going. But I'm not sure where they're going with this. Because they just told this whole storyline of the Young Bucks joining them to the very next week start sowing this dissension there. It's a little surprising to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's... um, So, and also, too, what was it... Yeah, and then when Moxley came out, too, uh, that's when the Young Bucks came back and said, no, get out of the ring or whatever, but they did it in, like, a really friendly way, too. So that's still giving you that hint of, so are you not with the Bullet Club? What's going on? Um, yeah, so I like where they're going because it, it just leaves us completely clueless. Are the boys being coming back together again? Or is Kenny Omega just a complete douche that Bullet Club won't be able to happen because of Kenny Omega's ego? You know, so I like it. But, yep. So any other commendations coming down the line? Um, well... No, that was kind of my accommodation, but you kind of took it. So it's all good. So I guess I don't have any. I would say the best thing I've got it was part of my crime, and that's long-term booking for SmackDown. The, uh, the All things Roman are forgiven and good now. Oh, I got one. Um, yeah, I mean, thank God for Roman, uh, Roman there. But um, sh- I, liked, um, I liked that little new show that Britt Baker has. The Waiting room, but also I'm curious to know what's going on with Shaq's little girlfriend there. I forgot her name. Um, is she actually gonna be like, is she just there because of the whole Shaq storyline they were supposed to do, or um, is she actually gonna be AEW's full time? She's gonna be AEW's full time. She her connection with Shaq is actually fairly limited. She was kind of shoehorned into that, from what I heard. Oh, okay. uh, um, just to try to bring her out as as a big thing. She uh, was, had been approached by, I believe, WWE at one point, uh, but they couldn't work out anything. She, uh, so she's going to be a full-time wrestler for AEW, but she's still pretty green. So they're kind of working her in slowly, I think. But that's definitely going to be a thing there. Um, oh, she looks crazy awesome, though. Like, Yeah. Hey, we cool. haven't really got to see her in like the ring ring, but she's got a very good look. Uh, so I can see why anyone. Um, I I I have to say that it's kind of weird for me because I'm torn. Because I like the Britt Baker waiting room, but at the same point, I've been on this for a long time. That the last thing we need in wrestling is more talk shows. And to this fair, week, this is AEW's first talk show. It nope. is the AEW's first, but I think it starts a weird precedent, and I don't like it anymore. But here's the deal. It, that's why I'm torn, because I like the waiting room, and it, they do it a lot better. But at the same time as they're doing it, on WWE, you've got a moment of bliss, you've got Miz TV, you've got the KO show, now Bailey's got her own talk show, for fucking reasons, I guess. Knock, um, knock, hello. ding dong, hello! Yes. <laughs> um, and, and that's the deal, is I'm like, one chat show on your show is, is enough. And as long as AEW keeps it, Britt Baker's The Waiting Room is the only one, I'm okay with it. But my worry is that they're going to be like, oh, well, now no, Private Party needs their their private party show, uh, like Arsenio Hall or something. And then it goes all o- over the deep end, and I'm not, I'm not happy with it anymore. So I'm torn there. That's all I'm saying. I also do like um, what they're doing with Matt actually in private party matt's turning into this asshole manager um really curious to see what they're gonna do with that there uh how that turns into an actual feud because um yeah i wonder i imagine they're putting that in place for like who's gonna step up to like i don't know because the private party is like i think it's then maybe split private party into making one of them at least do a singles run to face matt and then potentially face other people because they honestly have probably too many tag teams now, so they can't afford to do that. Um, if yeah. I were to venture a guess, I'd say they're going to keep Private Party as uh, a so as a tag team, but they're eventually going to have a match where they have to face off against Matt Hardy to win their contracts back. Um, 
that's what my guess would be on it. Uh, maybe Matt gets a partner. Someone signs on as his silent partner in it, and that happens. I don't know. But if we have no more commendations, then that'll bring us to the end of the show. So going once, twice, sold. They <laughs> move over to uh, auctioneer gimmick. <laughs> yep. Um, so on that note, we'll start closing the book. Like I always say, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast so you get notified whenever we post new episodes. Uh, share it with your friends so that they can listen to it and be entertained as well. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. And of course, you can follow our partner, JLB at jlb420 re or at real talk radio 8 you still know real talk radio is the brand anchor.fm slash rtr for all the lovely little podcast streams sites there so pick your favorite listen to the show and uh realtalkradio.online still not updated still don't know why i mention it but hey it's there um you can also find all of the ways to get in touch with us at um, the links in the doobly-doos uh, for this episode, um, including our Patreon, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu, where you can support us there. Um, if you'd like to support us with merch, you can buy merch at shop.spreadshirt.com slash rawandorderwbu. Um, and like I said, our links to our Twitters and all of that stuff. Um, are in the doobly-doos. But on that note, we will close the book on the wrestling booking unit, and we will see you all soon. Thanks for listening. I'm actually wearing my shirt right now. 